Flair.com presents Two Cents Worth, a podcast on B2B sales and entrepreneurship. The one podcast that's not afraid to discuss real sales strategies with real entrepreneurs that produce real results. Here's your host, James Harper. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Two Cents Worth podcast. I'm your host, James Harper. If you want to learn how strong brand equity can help you close more deals and really just elevate your game when it comes to sales, business, and any type of entrepreneurial journey you're in, this is the episode for you. I had the chance to sit down with Ruben Alvarez, who's really just a thought leader and an influencer when it comes to marketing, sales, but more than anything, in my opinion, branding. And the importance of branding, I think, often goes overlooked, especially when it comes to the sales game, when it comes to us as small business owners and entrepreneurs. We know we need to do it, but it takes a lot of energy and effort to do, and then it takes a long time for us to see that ROI. In this episode, you are going to learn a lot about the importance of branding, what it takes to get that type of brand equity, and you're just going to hear from a guy that really understands uh, the current marketing world as it is right now. Um, Ruben has a lot of insight. More than anything, he probably dropped the biggest line when it comes to ROI from branding that I've ever heard um, in my life. He just gave me a new perspective when it comes to measuring ROI from a strong brand that I think you're going to love. So without any further ado, welcome Ruben Alvarez. Ruben, what's up, man? Thanks for joining me here today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. It's uh, it's always a good day when you can kind of mix in marketing and branding and sales all together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, hey, for simple uh, introductions here, Ruben, why don't you go ahead and just I, I am I, I'm genuinely curious about your background. You do a lot. You have a strong personal brand. You have a marketing company. Um, just give me the story of Ruben. Like, kind of tell me who you are and what you do, and let let everyone know. Um, the story of you. Yeah. So um, the the whole branding and, and marketing and everything, it's more or less just like an evolution, a progression of, of the stuff that I've been doing and just not wanting to compete with people anymore because, you know, somebody you'll, you'll want to sell something for a hundred bucks and there's somebody who wants to sell it for five dollars. Right. And like that's that's the worst thing when um, you feel like you're competing with that type of person. Right. Like and we we saw with a lot of the stuff that we were, were creating, like logos, websites and all that stuff. So um, it, where I am now is just, you know, me constantly progressing to be able to see how can I differentiate myself even more. But um, I was in, I started in manufacturing, I, I believe I was like 20, 21 years old when I, when I started this manufacturing job. And um, that came from me just deciding that I didn't want to work, um, you know, retail shops or anything like that. I didn't want to do McDonald's. And then I was a chef for a while and I was like, the hours are horrible. So I landed in an office job, just totally random off of Craigslist. And um you know, I got along with the owner. Nobody got along with the owner. Very, very hard person to work with. Very 70s style. Like you work for me, always be working. It doesn't matter <laughs> if you're, if you're in the office and you're not working, but you're in the office type of thing. Right. Sure. And so, um, he went through a lot of sales managers and within like three months of being there, just because I was tech support. Um, I pretty much just said yes to like a lot of these things that nobody else wanted to do. Um, it landed me a sales position. And, um, it's, you know, sales and manufacturing, it's very business to business and it's distribution. So you sell to the same people over and over. There's no like, Hey, you know, I'm going to sell you more this month and you just overstock them and then you don't get any sales type of thing. 
So um, it was very relationship based. And that's where I learned a lot of the, the tactics that I use in sales and also in, in marketing and branding is that it's very much so like, what else can I kind of show you to keep myself in front of your head so that that way you buy my stuff versus somebody else's stuff, right? And um, after about like two or three years, I became the sales manager there. And then I started doing some of their marketing, even though I wasn't really the technically marketing manager, sure. there was no marketing manager. So we would do email campaigns. We grew the, the Facebook page from like literally zero. They didn't have one. And we grew it to like 1200 people in like three months. But then we backed off because the, the owner didn't see any value in it type of thing. Right. But um, we knew how to do it. We just knew like, hey, you know what? Nobody's doing this. Let's go ahead and attack something that no one's doing. And eventually I just got to a point where the company was sold. And when the company sold, that's where I was like, what am I going to do? And I, you know, there's a very long story behind this, but I started a company and we went into marketing and everybody was doing marketing, the SMMA model, you know, $500 yeah. <laughs> a month and they'll do everything for you. And they'll, you know, 40 hours a week, you get somebody for $500. I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. So um, we just transitioned and now we're where we are, where we're at, which it's the whole branding and, and, you know, that aspect of the marketing side. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, when I think of Ruben, I think of like two pieces. We got like the Ruben Alvarez, right? Uh, I know that, you know, in many ways, like you're an influencer on YouTube. You have a, a big personal brand following a podcast um, that you do. Um, then you have marketing hunters, right? Um, talk to me about really um, what you do with marketing hunters and then essentially what you guys do for your clients. So you're not the $500 a month, um, shop. Yeah. So marketing hunters is really a support staff for the, the customer. And I mean that in a way that most companies will come in and say, Hey, we'll do your social media or whatever. Right. But that's pretty much it. Like we do the social media. If you say, Hey, you know what? I have no time and I have five pictures. We will utilize those five pictures to death and we'll put you in every single scenario. We'll create pieces of content. Um, if you do this like this interview right now, we'll break it down, we'll like spotlight you in the best places type of thing. And um, that's where we really differentiate ourselves is that we become like the, the person that you can rely on. Oh, I have time now. Here's 10 new pictures. Awesome. We could really use those, right? I don't have time. doesn't matter. <laughs> We're still going to make you look good. And I think that most places they just want to create the same thing over and over and over again and it doesn't matter if it's good or bad i post it for you is the type of, of thing right and for me when i post something and it's bad i'm like dude i feel horrible right now because it's not up to par with what it should be um i understand the the what's it called the social media platforms extremely well um and the the ruben alvarez the, the influencer marketing or whatever I actually named it it's actually called notorious branding now and that's the logo oh Awesome. Um, but the, the main difference is, is that if you want my knowledge, you go to the notorious branding, but if you want my knowledge and you want me to help you and guide you through every single step of the way, you go to marketing hunters. Gotcha. Okay. No, that, I think that's well said. Uh, I think the fact that you hone in on branding, uh, so much is really critical, especially for anyone in sales listening. Uh, when I was coming up in sales, we always talked about the no like and trust strategy. Mm -hmm. People have to know you, then they have to like you, then they have to trust you, and then that's when business happens. And it's very simple, and it's a it's a sales fundamental, but it's one that's often overlooked. Like, how often, if you're out there in the field selling whatever you're selling, do your prospects actually know who you are? Mm -hmm. And I think it comes down to a brand. Um, from a personal brand standpoint, what are some things that you think 
salespeople in any field, it doesn't matter, can do more of or, or better of to help them kind of stand out. Like you said, you were sick of competing on price and you wanted people to notice you over others. Mm-hmm. Um, what are a few things in the personal branding realm you think a sales pro could really utilize to their advantage? Completely backwards to what we think is stop okay. trying to sell. Yep. Right. And that's, that's completely contrary to what most marketing is, but we're, we're about to see this really big shift where people are despising ads. And the reason being is because, you know, Zuckerberg went and took a bunch of ads and he put them on the platform. And then um, everywhere we look, there's an ad and, you know, even the, the billboards in a lot of the, the states and cities and countries they are starting to take them down because they see them as like visual pollution is what they're calling them. Right. Mm. So now you have this brand that you're trying to create and have people trust you, but boom, you're hit with, you know, buy my shit basically a lot of the times. And it's like, okay, well, I don't trust that. Right. Because I'm on social media. I'm, I'm on all these platforms to try to get away from that. So the biggest thing that you can do to, to gain your credibility is to talk about the thing that you're selling, but from a value perspective type of way that doesn't require anyone to do anything. Hmm. And, and, I can, and I can elaborate on that. So basically yeah. for me, I made a post today about um, you know me in Puerto Vallarta, right? And most people would do this really long tail post, right? I went to Puerto Vallarta, I learned this and blah, 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 right? Um, my caption was, God, I, I just had it, but it was a really funny one. It was like, I'm glad money is a tool, so I don't have to be. Yeah, gotcha. Right? And so people can relate to that. It's funny, it's witty or whatever. All I want is engagement. That's all I want. Because then they're like, oh, that was a good picture. And then it starts like, you know, people are going to, the moment that somebody comments on your stuff, they kind of endorse you in a way. They go like, okay, this guy's going to comment back. He's going to have to have a small conversation with him, you know, type sure. of thing. And a lot of the times if you make a post and it's like, okay, you know, comment me below to get started. Even if I don't comment (laughs) me, I feel like you're going to think that I'm interested in your stuff and I'm not going to comment on it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, totally. So it's this weird thing of like your brand, you don't have to expect anything from it contrary to the stuff. But what's funny is that when you don't expect anything from it, when you don't have a call to action, when you don't have a lot of these things, your, your post actually does better and it gets you the impressions and the metrics that you're looking for. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not salesy. Correct. And most, most business owners, most salespeople don't understand that. And, um, I've, I've lost customers and I've also, um, had to turn down customers when they go like, okay, can you guarantee me like 10,000 impressions? And I'm like, kind of, and then they're like, okay, cool. But like every other post needs to be, and I'm like, no, no, that's not going to work. You know, if you want, if you want every single one of them to say like, share with this and do with this and blah, 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 they aren't going to do it. But if you have a piece of content that's like, you know, you explaining what the secret to sales is, and at the bottom, you just put, I hope this helps, people are going to comment, you know, every single person, oh, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This is exactly what I needed. And that's what you want. Exactly. I think it's kind of, you're talking about like the serve versus sell mentality. Yeah. Uh, More than anything, just be a value, be a servant. And then from that, trust is built and business happens. Um, Where do you see... I don't care if it's a salesperson, an entrepreneur, business owners, where do you see them fail the most when it comes to building out, whether it's their company brand, their personal brand, like where do people like absolutely just like effing suck when it comes to building out these brands? Um, it, wow. That's a, that's a hard one because there's so many different ways. That you can <laughs> I'm go. Sure. But the, the biggest thing is you don't put out your best version of you. Sure. 
Okay. So like for me, I was in Puerto Vallarta, right? And I hired a photographer and I took time out of my day, which I didn't do last time, but I was like, I need to do it this time. And I got about 40, like really, really high quality pictures. Right. And so when I think of me and I think of like, I think highly of myself, I have to, right. But I'm like, if I want, if I think like me, I took a, a, a trip to Puerto Vallarta, I want people to think like, wow, this place was amazing because it was, it was just a beautiful place. So I'm like, I need somebody who can take those pictures. Most people would be like, this is a beautiful place. I'm going to do it with my phone. I might get my wife to take one picture and that's it. But if you're trying to build a brand, people don't care that you're flexing. Like that's the, like we're past the flex, right? Yeah. Got it. But they care how good you can tell the story. Love that. So when you go and you say, you know, I'm trying to tell a story right now and I'm stumbling on my words and I go 10 different places. And then all of a sudden, like I you lose my train of thought and, you know, I'm drinking whiskey and I'm getting drunk and stuff like you're like, well, that's a horrible story, dude. Just get to the point. Yeah. It's the same thing with your brand. If, if your brand looks sloppy or it looks like you don't care, or it looks like it was an afterthought, then that's where people don't care. And I think that that's, that's the biggest mistake is you have to care more. You have to seem premium, mm. right? Everybody wants to charge premium prices, but they don't want to do the premium stuff. Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, you're right. A, a lot of people want the premium price without that work that kind of backs it up. I think personally, just based on a lot of experience working with small business owners where a lot of them fall short is they just don't put enough um, care into their brand equity. Like, okay, that's I just want to get straight to the sale. Mm-hmm. I want the end result but not realizing that the end result that there's a process in between. It's like, I I compare it to working out a lot of the times. It's like, yeah, we all want the six pack. We all want to lose weight, look sexy, feel sexy. But do you actually want to get up at 5 a.m., hire the personal trainer, go to the gym and then, oh yeah, not eat like the Oreos at night, right? Like, I mean, we want the result without the process. And when I think of a brand and I failed at this many of times, um, I'm failing at it now in many ways is like, okay, we want the uh, exposure. We want the awareness. We want the engagement, but are we investing the time in, you know, hiring a photographer? I think that's awesome, man. And when I was looking at a lot of your material before the call here today, I was like, man, he's really got some good photography out there. And it's, it's because you didn't take the, the get rich quick route. You didn't do the shortcut. Um, but since it, there, there is something to it, right? Like the, the metric that most people say, like, what can I get back out of it? And um, John Riva says, you know, my sales manager, I don't know if anybody else is going to know him, but he, um, a lot of the times right now, because he just started with us not too long ago. And like, let's say it's a logo comes in, right? And this is more of the sales side, but a logo comes in and people go like, okay, you know, how much right away? And with me, a lot of the times I'll put something out and somebody will say like for a logo and they're like, how much? And I'm like, okay, what's well, this much, Right. And then they're like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. And with him, they leave him like on rent and stuff. And he's like, well, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, it's because people don't know you for that yet. Right. Sure. They don't know you for that yet. They haven't seen enough of your work with me. It's gotten to the point where I just post something and they're like, okay, well, I've seen enough of this guy and I trust his work. So what it, what it actually translates to when it comes to like, what kind of a return can I see for the branding? It's faster deals. And hmm. I never get asked for examples. That. I never get asked for examples. John is sending examples to every single person right now. I'm like, dude, if, if they've gotten to the point where they're asking you for examples, you went down the wrong way. And I'm Got like, I, I never ask for examples. I tell them, here's your price. You tell me if you want to do it. And sure. then I say, let's do it. Sure. 
I don't go yeah. down the route of like, you know, tell me about this and tell me about that. I'm just like, Hey, you know what? Like you reach out to me. I understand that. I assume that they want to do the business anyway. I assume that they know enough and then we do business. No examples. Yeah. Well, I think it goes to like the brand that you've invested in and built. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's, man, that's really well said. What's the ROI of a good brand. You get deals done faster. And I mean, that's incredibly valuable. And that's so that's a unique, unique perspective i've never even thought of um having a stronger brand if that gets a deal done faster is it worth it hell yeah that's worth it um i think that's really really interesting uh ruben kind of like just you know outside of the sales talk i want i want to learn more about a few different things you have going on here um you recently it looks like and correct me if i'm wrong you guys kind of just started hosting these events i believe it's called thrive in your city um Talk to me about this, man. I think what you're doing for like the entrepreneur world right now is really cool. Um, I know you got some things going down on or down in El Paso. Um, we were talking about how that's kind of an underrated market before this call. Just talk to me about Thrive in Your City and just kind of all this other stuff you have going on. Yeah, so the, there's this um, this strange thing that, that kind of happens is people tell me about their ideas. And then after a while, I'm like, whatever, let's do it. And then I end up being the money behind the idea. And somebody just gave me the idea. And then we kind of run with it, right? So I somebody was like, hey, in um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, there's this lady and she's throwing events. And she gets like 100 people to show up every single time. We should do an event. And we should do it in El Paso. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know enough people in El Paso, right? So he keeps telling me. And eventually, I'm like, okay, we got you. We got John Rivas, because he had just moved back, my sales manager. Uh, we knew Angel. And then I was like, but between those people, I think we can, we can make something happen. Right. So our goal was to get like 70 people there. So we shopped for 50 and no, sorry, it was 50 and we shopped for 70. Right. And I was like, if 70 people register, then 50 people will show up type of thing. And so we started pushing really hard. And then we got other people from El Paso to help us out with the help of Angel. Angel started introducing us people. I knew that I wanted it to be all local speakers. Right. And this is something that most people don't think they think, oh, let's just get Gary V or let's get Grant Cardone and then people will come. And my idea is like, dude, let's just get all the people from El Paso to come. Like sure. That's, that's the main get thing. Get their like, network. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't want like, you know, 20 people to show up from like different places. It doesn't make sense. Why don't we just get the people there? Like, we'll see if we have something going. So at, some, at one point um, we had made so many connections that we had, I think 14 people post the event in one day, like 14 different, just boom, 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 boom. And um, at the end of it, we had gone to 80, like the Friday before the event. And it was on Thursday or Friday. And I was like, dude, that's it. And then we had to open up space and we had to check with the requirements and, you know, everything. And so we opened it up to 90. And then the day of the event, <laughs> it was like, dude, we need to get two more people in. And we ended up at like 98 people and we were just completely sold out. We were freaking out because we're like, dude, how are we going to sit these people and stuff? And um, it just it just showed that all it is is just thinking the correct way, not overcomplicating it, not thinking like, OK, we need this or we need that let's just, let's just be very linear. And, um, we did the same thing for this other one. We have another networking event this Thursday and we was just networking, pure networking. And then John Rivas is like, dude, you need to have panelists. And I'm like, stop, stop. Like it's a networking event. And so he talks to me again, talks, talks, talks. I was like, we have panelists now. Right. So we have networking panelists networking, but what ended up happening is we got so many people because of the panelists. And now we're at like a hundred registered people. And I'm having the same problem. I'm like, how are we going to sit all these people? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's just one of those things that I, I truly just think that 
I can and that I have the right people there. And then it, it happens and we do. I think it's awesome, man. So like, what's the end goal here? Are you guys going to like go to different cities or just kind of build like a networking conglomerate down there in like El Paso? What's, what's kind of the, the, it's going to, yeah, it, down the road. it's going to start in El Paso. Um, the, the main thing that I realized about any brand and, and most people, they might not like this, right? Um, when you start a brand, it doesn't matter who you are. If you want to make it big, you sell out first and then you basically do whatever you want to do. And I know that it's, I, even with, with people today, I was telling them like, it, it's very black and white with me. And they were like, for the networking event, we should have two different kind of badges. Right. And they're like one for the people that matter one for the, and I'm like, okay, so you're basically saying, you know, these people are shit and these people aren't, you know? <laughs> so, so with, uh, with the word sell out, it's not that I'm saying like, you necessarily have to sell your soul, but you have to go mainstream with what you do. You have to become known. And so my plan for El Paso is I believe that there's a lot of good people down there. I believe that there's a misconception and people believe what I've heard and anybody from El Paso, I'm sorry if, if you're, but what I've heard from every single from person from El Paso, everybody here is cheap. Everybody here holds on to their network. Um, you know, we left because people don't pay all this stuff, right? I'm like, why did a hundred people come out? The, the, when we charged on the first one, we did $25. People are like, you shouldn't charge. Nobody's going to show up. Nobody, nobody would pay. Nobody would pay. Every single person paid. And I'm like, I don't believe none of this. I believe that people are so toxic down there against each other that all they need is somebody to come in there and say, I love every single one of you and <laughs> basically show them something different. And so that's my plan is that literally I'm going to go down there. I have very high expectations for everybody. I don't oh. care. Like on my YouTube channel, people are mean to me and I respond, like I respond with positivity. So sure. if somebody's mean to me, I'm like, whatever, dude, we don't have to do business. Let's go get a beer anyway. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, that's my plan is to basically, um, I feel that it's going to be very easy to become known in a city where people are very skeptical of each other, because I know that I'm a good person at heart and I have very, very high expectations for people and I want to work with people. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's awesome, man. I mean, if you surround yourself with people that have like-minded ambitions than you, things happen. You guys might've, you know, charged for the event down in El Paso and, you know, 25 bucks to get in anyone will pay that. I guarantee you money came from that room though. And what I mean oh, yeah. by that is like deals were done. Mm -hmm. People met each other and things have happened since that um, event you threw. And it was way incredibly invaluable or valuable because of the deals that came about from that event. So I think that's awesome, man. Uh, definitely uh, plan a, an event here in Denver, man. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll pimp it out here for sure. Um, all right, man. Last question for you. Um, we do this every show. Uh, probably my new favorite thing, black box or white box. What we do is we uh, we pull a card from it. I've never looked at any of these questions and it asks you a random question. And uh, yeah, it's it's really fun. So black box or white box? Uh, we'll do the black one. All right. What would your best day ever be? <sighs> I, it's, it's a, it's a difficult question because I've been realizing more and more that the, the more I live in the future, the, the faster the time seems to go. No doubt. So, and especially because I just turned 30 on the 22nd of September, which was a few days ago, um, 28 to 30 went just stupid fast. And the reason that it did is because my, my main goal was to become a millionaire by age 30. 
And once I actually realized what it took, I'm like, there's, there's no way. Like I just, especially during COVID, I, I can't meet enough people quick enough and everything. So I just sure. started doing my best, but the time moved so fast. So now the perfect day is, is pretty much just time with my family, right? Like we went to Puerto Vallarta and we were there for, for seven days, six nights or whatever. And, um, it was fun. It was incredibly fun. And I was actually able to be there a lot of the time in the moment, you know, and yeah, so totally that that's just the perfect day is just being able to really think about what I'm doing right now and not focus so much on the future, even though I know the future is coming, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I have plans and goals and stuff, but just being able to live in that, in that moment. So if anybody's looking for what, what that means for them, you know, what it means is just basically um, your, your future is going to catch up with you, right? Like I even made a post about this. I think it was yesterday, the future you and the, and the current, you are the same person, right? yeah totally person and it's like oh, okay well that's i wish i was that person it's like you're an idiot you are that person yeah you know? exactly so, and you, your life can change so quickly too man like ugh, I, I relate to that man like living in the future and then letting kind of the moment pass you by uh you're a father right i'm a father and i look at my kids and i'm always worried about business and growth and all this stuff and then it's like I look up and my, my oldest son all of a sudden is four mm-hmm. and I'm like, shit, man. I remember when he was born and I, I was trying to make my first business. It was on life support. And now fast forward just four or five years and sold a business and, you know, have a second kid. It's like the future does catch up with you or yeah. you catch up with it. So I think that's well said, man. Um, Hey, anyone listening, where can they find you, Ruben? Uh, I believe every single one of them is the same for all social media. It's I am Ruben Alvarez. <laughs> uh, awesome. And then if they want to see my website, uh, I was very lucky and just fortunate and obsessive. And I ended up getting RubenAlvarez.com. <laughs> Did you have to pay for that domain? So what's funny is um, it w- it's an $8,000 domain that somebody forgot to pay for or something or Ruben Alvarez died <laughs> or something. Um, I got it at a GoDaddy auction for $13. No, hey, there you go, man. I love that. I'm a domain hoarder, man. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's funny. I've, so, I've sold a few and it is a good domain. We'll link it up in the show notes. Um, Ruben, I really appreciate it, bro. Um, I think Sweet. you're a hell of a thought leader when it comes to just marketing and sales, especially branding. And I think my biggest takeaway is like, hey, what's the ROI of a good brand? Deals get done faster. And that's something that I think goes on set a lot. I I hadn't even thought about it. So, hey, I look forward to doing this again, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on.